been a long day. Grab a beer and sit back. It's time for Brew Talk. Here's Scott Chad and the Brew Doctor himself, Dr. Michael Mosier. Happy Brews Day, everyone. This is Brew Talk on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, coming to you live from downtown Greeley, Colorado. How we doing, gentlemen? Oh, Super. couldn't be better. Hey. Hey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, we were just talking about that movie, Strange Brew, so. <laughs> we're having a fantastic conversation about that. And, 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 you know, no Canadians were offended in the making of that film. No, not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> what a... What a, oh my gosh! I don't even know how you start with something like that. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, but but Doc, you were telling us that you found that you can actually stream that movie for free on YouTube. Yeah, anytime you want. So yeah, that's what I did. And yeah, the next thing you know, I was laughing and rolling around on the ground, going, <laughs> "My gosh, these guys it's are." It's been so a bit stupid. since I've seen that movie. I gotta oh, check that out. Oh, yeah. it's hilarious! It's hilarious! It definitely is a very good brewery movie. It, it yeah. definitely is in in the ice skating. And the I wonder, players. you know, no no brewery that I know of has named their brewery Elsinore Brewing. <laughs> so yeah, you know that name is up there in case somebody wants to think about a name for a new brewery. You think about there that? You Maybe even just a beer, just an Elsinore, Elsinore beer, Elsinore Pilsner. Or something. Yeah, there you go. You could uh, a. a. <laughs> you could do a. You could like steal the flying dog kind of methodology and do a hoser. That's right. Well, you remember when they ran out of beer, they yeah. gave one to the dog, and each one of them drank one, and then their dad wanted one, yes. and so they had to steal the remaining beer, beer from the dog. That's <laughs> dropped your beer. I do remember that, man. Uh, 80s and comedy. I know, right? So good. And, and, the, and the McKenzie brothers. And I'm trying to remember, there was that comedy troupe that was in Canada that oh, was really SCTV. popular. Yeah, SCTV, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we have kids in the hall and other things to think because of SCTV. Well, yeah, yeah SCTV came out with Rick Moranis. Well, and that's where the McKenzie brothers and originated. McKenzie brothers, yeah. a mm-hmm. whole bunch of really good comedians came yeah. out of that troupe, just like uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, in the early 70s, or I mean mid-70s or so, that's when it really had all the really great comedians. John Candy, so. Eugene Levy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tons of good people. Really good. And again, an actor and a comedian that we lost too soon, John Candy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the toast. I couldn't even fit it in the house. <laughs> Another great movie. Anyways, we should probably talk about beer because that's kind of what we're on the radio for. Yeah, that at least is for true. This hour. And that's what we're drinking right it now. It is what we're drinking right now. We are trying Breckenridge Brewery's Denver Nugget. Beer. I think this was said that it was going to be a a golden ale. Mile that's, High City Golden Ale, yeah. That's oh, what they say, yeah. That's what the can says. Um, survey. Um, we tend to gr- disagree a little bit. A little disagreement with uh, the classification of the beer, but is it good? Yeah. 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 It's actually really good. It's really good. And you guys both know I'm not a big IPA fan, but I'm actually... Go well, yeah, this is and, good. But and it, is this an IPA or is this just a pale ale that's been double dry hopped yeah, or something? Yeah, that's what I was wondering too because it's the more you drink it the less right IPA it seems. But it really is full of hops and stuff like that. It is that. right on the beginning. Um definitely not a 
you know, not off the bat, off the bat, not a golden ale, right? That I expect anyway. And, and initially, my first thought was when I smelled it, uh oh, <laughs> we've we've got a hazy IPA. It is it is golden in color. <laughs> it, it is golden. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. That was like this doesn't remind me of a golden ale, but. Again, you guys are way more educated about beer than I am, so I will defer to the experts. It's pretty tasty, though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's pretty tasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, w- I would recommend it to a friend. Let me just well, say that's that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Doc, you would serve this? Absolutely. Yeah. Or for sure. Doc would serve Doc it. Doc would Chad, serve it. Would, I would I, serve it as well. I yeah. literally can't even look <laughs> yeah. at the people I'm talking to in studio today. I, that, that's I'm all right. Mess. I knew what you were talking about because you were looking at me when you asked a question. But well, that's what you get for going on, you know, assignment and then coming back and stuff like that. Right? Yeah, that that was on assignment, so that was not bad. <laughs> it, it, it didn't suck. Yeah, and that's always good. Yeah, I've I've never driven a Lamborghini before, and I've never driven a Lamborghini 134 miles an hour before. But I got to do that last week. Oh, that's so. cool. So yeah, but I did that after the show, and I got caught up in actual work stuff while I was when I missed when I was on assignment so but you guys did a great show and had great conversations so that yeah was we did we talked about CBD oils and stuff like that and how they get into beer and mm-hmm. it's really fascinating information yeah which we saw a little bit of at the Great American Beer Fest this past mm-hmm. October did, it was kind yeah. of interesting mm-hmm. it was like oh so great conversation so other than the table beer what else is new in craft brewing for 2023 we were discussing a little bit of that about that before the show and some of the things that are up and coming and what we're going to plan on be seeing. And then we've got maybe a little later, we'll talk about some of the changes that have already been announced in some of the local breweries. Well, I mean, I, I, I think it, in 2022, you started to see a, a little bit of a change in what the major style of beer was that yeah. people were consuming or where their tastes are going. And I've always said that it's kind of a fluid motion. Anyhow, what people like it's not only seasonal it's also yearly what people are cyclical. going for cyclical yeah. and i think the biggest thing we're going to see is uh, um a decline in the number of seltzers i think that people have started to realize that if you can't make an amazing seltzer um it isn't going to sell well and so i well, think i might, I might disagree with you a little bit on that <laughs> oh yeah just based on what some of the breweries are pushing for us in, in the restaurant. Oh, really? So I see not only seltzers staying strong right now, hmm. but I also see breweries trying to expand beyond just beer and seltzers. So um, we've seen kind of an uptick in people um, trying to sell us kombuchas. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen that too. And also the um, ready to drink uh, cocktails in a can. So, and those are from breweries, not just different. Oh, because they're using a beer cocktail rather than They're doing than beer a cocktails cocktail. rather than like a vodka or a mm-hmm. whatever kind of cocktail. Hmm. So we've seen a little bit of an uptick of that. in that. I've also seen in, in what I've looked at, I've seen a lot of uh, people being interested in more of the non-alcoholic kind right. of beers. Yeah. Lower alcohol. I mean, I still have a lot of people requesting that, you know, 9, 12, 15% beer. But that those numbers are are declining, and we're seeing a lot more people loving the four percent, three percent, two percent beers, and uh, that just bleeds right into the non-alcoholic uh, realm. Yeah, we we we've got a lot of um, of the sales reps kind of pressing non-alcoholic beers, but all, not just beers, but um, 
we just got a line of of hop water in huh. to where it's just a can a bottle or a can of water where they which they've dry hopped i'm I'm guessing I have yet to try one. We just got them in hmm. um but they have different hop varieties and different flavors for lack of a better term i that's guess that's an interesting concept so that that's another one of the trends we've kind of been seeing and that's just from the what the sales reps are kind of bringing to us and and trying to push on us well i mean there's a lot of good oils and things like that in hops they're very similar to uh they're in the same plant family as cbd yeah. and uh, uh marijuana and a lot of those oils are similar they're terpenes and they could have some health and other benefits. So this could be a, a very big trend if we get into hop waters. Yeah, it could Interesting. be. Hmm. And, and when we were mentioning lower alcohol beers as well, we kind of see um, two sides of the customers. So we'll see – we're starting to see people on looking for those lower alcohol mm-hmm. um, where they want to kind of – Start earlier in the day and kind of keep going throughout the day. But we're also seeing people looking for higher alcohol beers because they want a little more bang for their buck. Right. So they want that. You know, maybe they'll have two beers instead of three or four, but they want something higher in alcohol so they're still getting the same effects that they would. And I think that has a lot to do as well with the cost of ingredients and other things yeah. going up so much. Even uh, just this year, we got another 10% increase on uh, supply right. know, costs. And so um, beers are, the costs on beers is going up. So you you just can't run down to the store and buy like that $5 beer you used to be able to buy. Now you're looking at 6 and 50 and 7 right. for 50 for a 16-ounce beer. And that they want their bang for the buck, and I totally understand that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's just quite opposite uh, ends of the spectrum. Nobody's looking for the six percent beers, right? They're, They're going to for, the extremes, yeah, five or lower or yep higher. It's interesting because I think what we're seeing from an economic standpoint and some of the the changes we've seen in the market are being reflected in what you guys are talking about when it comes to beer. I mean, I saw a joke the other day where it was like, you know, when I was young, we used to take toilet paper and eggs and throw them at people's houses we didn't like. Right. And, and now you right. can't afford to do that. You can't. With either one of them. And so I think those prices, <laughs> and, and obviously there's some other things that are impacting, you know, the egg prices and some of that stuff. But it's we're seeing that maybe be more impactful in some of the the craft breweries and some of mm-hmm. the smaller businesses than what we've seen in years past because of the nuance, because of the creativity, because of the changes that are taking place in the industry, which are great, but there's well, a cost and, to it. And flavors are becoming more important now, too. When you move to these different extremes, now you're you're really focused on making sure the brewing is spot on. Right. And that if there is a flavor added to it, this flavor is spot on. Yeah. And, uh, and the consumer isn't putting up with, you know, half-done beers that used to be acceptable 20 years ago. Right. You know, now you've got to be right on the money. Uh, otherwise, it's, you know, they're not going to buy it. And I think we've kind of seen a lot of that, too, with um, there are breweries that used to have a large selection of different types of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're really kind of condensing down and focus, focusing on 
maybe five or six styles of beer right. to where they can do it really, really well rather than having a, a huge selection of different styles. And, and the, for the brewery, that also makes sense, too, because I might have just one stream that I can split into two or three different brands. Right. And that's an easier process on my end because I know exactly what I need to purchase. I know exactly how much it's going to cost. And I'll just make the decision halfway through the brewing process whether this goes to this brand or to this brand. Um, and a lot of breweries are doing that, too. It simplifies the brewing process. So as far as style-wise, Doc, what do you think? Because I know what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? style-wise, the 2023 is going to look like? For me, I, I was thinking maybe a little differently. You know, like the hop waters is kind of where I was thinking. Okay. And the non-alcoholic beers is a lot more of those, the 0.5% ABV and lower beers. And, and I think that the, you could also include into that the low-alcohol beers, like the 2.5%. Yeah. Um, I think that's where we're headed um, for this year, just to people want to come out, they want to socialize, but they don't have a lot of money to do that. Right. And so if that non-alcoholic beer is $2 cheaper, but it still tastes exactly the same as what they might be expecting uh, with a 7% beer, they'll they'll go with it. And that's kind of the trend that I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot more loggers from craft brewers Correct. than you used to, Correct. which probably goes along with that because right. loggers you can produce at a lower alcohol. You can do that, but also they they take a little bit longer to make. Right, but the flavors get a lot cleaner. Yeah, and I think that's what people are looking for is something that is refreshing, crisp, clean. I mean, this goes along with something else we'll talk about here after a bit. But those crisp, clean flavors that have lower alcohol, I think, are what people are are shooting for, like Pilsners, um, light lagers, etc., adjunct lagers, those kinds of things. Yeah. Maybe flavored with, like, strawberry or banana or whatever. But I think that's where people are headed. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that right after we take a short break because we've got a local story that we just came across the last couple of days that kind of really gets into that, some of the why and the reasons behind that. So great segue, but you're going to have to stick around and come back and listen after the break. We'll be back after we pay a few bills. Stick around for Brew Talk. Welcome back to Brew Talk, coming to you from snowy, soon-to-be-snowy, really cold downtown Greenland on a Tuesday afternoon. We were talking earlier, all the different breaks, so stock up on your beer today. Be ready for tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. So, Chad, you shared something with us earlier in the day about the story that we're going to talk about with some rebranding that's going on with a brewery that I think Doc and I both were a little bit shocked to hear. Well, I was a little shocked to read it this morning. (laughs) You know, first thing... You know, I'm just kind of flipping through my my uh, newsletters that I get, the hundred million of them, and checking some of the things. And um, one of the things I saw was uh, New Belgium's fat tire, after 32 years, is um, going through a complete rebrand, um, which includes changing the recipe. Um, and that's which, shocking. Super shocking <laughs> to me. Yeah. <clears throat> Hopefully the uh, new rebrand 
isn't too far off of what we know and love. Well, I don't, I don't know about the recipe yet because I, you know, let you get into those. But I'm looking at the logo, and the logo definitely is a departure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, and it is. It's it a is. little different. Um, uh, it's, 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 different. A, it's a little plainer yeah. than some of the the uh, fat tire logos mm-hmm. we've seen in the past. Um, so, kind of, I'll, I'll kind of go through the notes I took off the off the article I read, uh, which was on porchdrinking.com. dot um, In in twenty sixteen, uh, fat tire for New Belgium kind of hit its peak and was fifty percent of total New Belgium's production. Um, over the last few years, um, the, that production has dropped 52% from where it was. So, but New Belgium sales, um, nationwide are up 58%. So while the brewery is selling more beer, it's just selling more fat or less, a lot less fat tire, yeah. a lot less, a lot fat, less tire. fat tire. Um, and a lot of that goes to their Voodoo Ranger series, which has kind of taken over, um, their brewery production, and if you're familiar with the Voodoo Ranger series, it's it's a bunch of different styles of IPA. Mm-hmm. They have a, a basic one, and then they kind of just expand off that and um, into doubles and hazies and experimental hops and and all the IPA styles that you can think of. Um, but but the reason behind the new recipe is um, they they kind of want to build up and appeal towards the way they put it is um, modern drinker or modern beer drinking audiences, which I translated into younger beer drinking audiences. Well, well that just makes sense, right? <laughs> that, that, that don't necessarily, um, aren't necessarily familiar with the craft beer industry and the different styles. Mm-hmm. And they're creating something that they, they say that, uh, quote, is a, Crisper, brighter, and even better fat tire, um, which is more of a gateway craft beer. So what I think they're trying to do, um, based off what I read, is they want to do something that's kind of a little um, easier to drink, Mm -hmm. even though fat tire to me was the craft beer I cut my teeth on. Right. um, but something a little milder and a little easier to drink to new craft beer drinkers to kind of get them to expand and try different styles and find out what else is out there. Is this a trend we're seeing amongst other breweries as well, where we're trying to, you know, um, go for that more modern flavor profile where it's smoother, um, less hoppy or something but then you still see voodoo ranger right doing really good sales and i think yeah you know voodoo ranger ipas and we didn't really get into that in there where we see the craft beer trends i don't see ipas really Mm-mm. changing a whole lot i don't either um other than you know i don't think hazies are going away no um unfortunately they're here to stay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, i'm sorry if you like hazies it's just not my my cup of tea i'm a west coast ipa drinker but you know with the the cold ipas uh, you know that's a new trend that's kind of building now mm-hmm. um so ipas aren't going anywhere but i i think along with the lines of what we were talking about earlier is the lower alcohol the easier drinking beers mm-hmm. that are more palatable to a, a wider range of people. 
mm-hmm. that kind of just kind of get people into drinking the, something. And that's, I mean, if that trend kind of continues amongst multiple breweries, we might see an overall shift in what kinds of flavor profiles we might be seeing um, nationwide, rather than having your Saison, or a a Belgian Strong, or you know, whatever you pick. And we've seen rebrandings before, but most of the time it's just... The logo or the artwork on the cans or, or the... Tweaking the recipe just a tiny The marketing bit. package. Right. Very rarely do you see um, big recipe changes like this. So that was a little shocking to me. Well, and this has been coming for a while. And one of the things, reading into the article, in 2017, New Belgium actually stopped calling it an amber ale. Oh, did they? It became a Belgian-style ale. Okay. So there was already this concerted effort to sort of shift that narrative a little bit, try and figure out a way to make it a little bit different, maybe broader. I don't know whatever else. But And I, and I do vaguely remember they, they, there was a, a, a period of time, and it might have been around that time, where there were different styles of fat tire. Yeah, yeah. they had yeah. introduced several other ones, and that actually created some confusion for them. In, in reading the article, they were really trying to you know come up with all these different options, and that really created some confusion within the marketplace because fat tire they did a um i'm trying to look for it they they did a belgian white so that was when they did the the fat tire belgian white and it sort of confused the things that they were doing all that being said think about this from a statistic standpoint that even though we've talked about the drop in sales over the last several years of it and (laughs) i'd still like to have those sales no no no, i know that but this is what's crazy in 2022 Fat Tire was the number 16 selling beer in the country. Including things like... Craft beer. Yeah, all craft beer. It literally was the number 16 selling craft beer brand. And if you could separate Fat Tire from New Belgium as its own standalone brewery, based on sales, that would make it the 18th largest brewer in the country. In the country. Right. So you were dealing with scales and numbers at a... Really, really, like Doc said, he he dreams of. Yeah, you'd love to get those numbers, and to see that kind of a shift in a, I think you could still kind of call it a flagship brand. Yeah, oh yeah, is really interesting. So, I mean, it's like I was saying, you know, like I cut my teeth. You you here in Colorado cut your teeth on Fat Tire. tire I was out in New England at the time, and it was Sam Adams Adams, for me. And Sam Adams, very similar style, mm-hmm. not terribly similar, but fairly similar style. And I would hate to see, you know, Sam Adams change their recipe to something different. Right. But maybe that's the trend. And but I'm wondering if go. you're right. I'm wondering if those big breweries start changing their flag, their flagstaff or flagship flag beers yeah. into, you know, tr- just trying to garner a a broader audience right yeah and there's also the other element to this story is is you're trying to you talked earlier about trying to attract yourself to a younger market and we're seeing that some of the younger individuals those millennials the gen zers are more you know earth focused and things like that and fat tire was the very first beer to be recognized as a carbon neutral beer right and so there's a desire by New Belgium, based on the article that we're reading, is that they would like to have every beer in their portfolio certified as carbon neutral by 2030. Right. And so 
using that as part of your marketing of why you should drink our beer and why you should do that is probably part of the strategy that they're going with, which is interesting because it might not have anything to do with the taste well, of the they, beer, but I think that's where They are one of the few down. breweries that if you go take a tour of, yeah. you really see where they're trying to be as carbon neutral as possible. Right. They do yeah. a lot they're, of... They're doing everything they can to reduce their costs, and in reducing their costs, they're also being more environmentally conscious right. about things. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Not at all. Um, and I don't think that that influences what flavor of beer they're trying to make or what uh, brand they're trying to produce. It's just nice to see a brewery taking that into uh, it, it, under their wing. And I think one of the things they do is their CO2 reclamation. Right. Where they re- mm-hmm. reclaim a lot of their CO2 to put mm-hmm. back in their beers. And I think that's something you might see a lot more of mm-hmm. because there weren't there supply chain issues with CO2 There the was, were a few. It wasn't terrible, but there were some uh, CO2 supply chain issues. Yeah, the biggest supply chain issue right now is helium, mm. uh, helium gas. And uh, and I've seen a lot of people that use helium gas in, include these reclaimers when they're using the helium gas. And I'm also seeing the breweries put install those CO2 um, reclaimers. reclaimers. The The problem is, is that uh, they're extremely expensive. Yeah. So a small brewery like yourself, oh, I, there's not no necessarily way I can feasible a, for you to do you know, it. $120,000 to get yeah. a really good CO2 reclaimer in there that scrubs the CO2 so there's no oxygen in it whatsoever. Yeah. I can't use it for packaging if there's any oxygen in it, and therefore it's kind of worthless to reclaim to it reclaim if I can't it, get rid of the oxygen. So you you pay this tons of money to get that part done. When you get that done, then your CO2 costs are nil at that point. So maybe more for those mid-range to larger breweries. Mm-hmm. That's a, Yeah, I would say option. the regional and the national yeah. breweries. Um, I would be uh, surprised if places like Budweiser don't already do that. Right, yeah. Um, uh, because it's just so much more cost-effective to implement that kind of strategy. Well, hopefully we'll see what we've seen within the brewing industry overall, that it's not just going to be for the big boys, and that as technology evolves mm-hmm. and as systems evolve and as yeah. we go through time that we'll start to see the trickle-down effect where things that maybe today that isn't a viable option for a small craft brewery like a Rule 105 or some right. of the other folks right. we have in Greeley, but maybe in five years or 10 years that cost and that entry point to be able to do that. You know, if time. it was in the ten to $15,000 range, I would seriously consider yeah. that kind of technology because – over time, it would pay for itself. Pay for, yeah, absolutely. And, and not only that, I don't have to worry about my supplier making yes. sure he can get there and give me yeah. my next batch of CO2. So uh, for me, that would be a wonderful thing. Yeah. So you guys heard it here. If anybody's got one of those machines and they can do it for about ten to twelve thousand dollars, let Doc know because I think he'd be interested. Well, and I so. think if you could make one of those for ten to twelve thousand dollars, you just became a multi-billionaire. Be a lot go. more than just Doc that are interested in that. Well, stick around after we get back. We are going to review our beer for the day. We're going to close the book on our Mile High Golden Ale, and we're going to step into a Golden Ale from just north of the border here. So, stick around. We'll be right back. I want to marry a lighthouse keeper and live by the side of the 
We're just going to let that mellow for a moment. I know, right? Because why not? <laughs> Sorry, I just had to have I that love one. It. No, I, we, we're having great conversations. We're talking about Stanley Kubrick movies and and all sorts of other things. And going back to our poll question, who would you have write your biography? And a lot of different ones. And one of the things that was talked about was Dylan Thomas, who wrote Do Not Go Gently. Dylan Thomas. Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night. And for me, when I think of that poem, I immediately think of Robin Williams and Dead Poets Society. And you said Interstellar. And, and I in, immediately think of Michael Caine in interstellar uh, so sorry no that's okay no it's, it's <laughs> dead poet no society right was two and a half hours i'll never get back oh man i, so, love, that. Well, I love that movie i thought it was you good did too. i couldn't stand oh it. It, was terrible. it was such a I agree <laughs> sorry you know, you know gods were made and women were swoon not a bad way to spend an evening <laughs> so anyways we'll shift back into the beer that we're talking about we are reviewing the Snake River Brewing's Cowboy Gold, which is the largest or the oldest brewery in Wyoming, brought to us by Snake River. So, yeah, this is a Snake River. Uh, it's Kolsch style, uh, 4.9% ABV out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And uh, I love their statement put our river through your liver, is <laughs> on the can. And, uh, you know, the first thing I notice when I smell this beer is it's definitely a Kolsch. Yeah, yeah, definitely on the nose for sure. Yeah, on the nose, it's definitely that musty kind of smell that you'd smell from a Kolsch. Um, beautiful color, uh, wonderful um, head. It just, everything seems to ring true uh, about a Kolsch when you just look at it. Yeah, it's super easy drinking, um, nice and light. Um, low alcohol at 4.9, um, which we talked about, some mm -hmm. of those lower alcohol beers. Um, one, a, it looks like a gold and a bronze from the Great American Beer Festival for this beer. Yeah. Um, and two-time small brewery of the year for the Great American Beer Festival as well. Nice. So, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying this. I am too. And, you know, I've been to Jackson Hole and I I must have gone to the wrong brewery or something because I don't remember this one there. Um, but uh, well, I think most people think Jackson's Hole. They automatically think of Melvin, don't they? Yeah, Melvin. Well, which isn't in Jackson Hole, right? It's but it's in the it. area. It's in the area. So um, Melvin is the one I usually think of when I think of Wyoming. Yeah. But they're starting to become an awful lot of really good breweries up there that. Mean we need to do a road trip. I like yeah, that. I like I that. Think that's so. so, if any of those breweries in the Cheyenne area or something like that want to do a remote and host us up there, reach out. Let us know. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, Cheyenne, Laramie, yeah, wherever, wherever. You know, heck, I'd even go all the way up to Casper to have a I, beer. There. You heard Good. it here. Doc's willing to go to Casper. <laughs> Is there a brewery in Chugwater? Oh, I don't think so. But if there was, <laughs> we would have to go there. Just chili and chug water. Just chili and Just chug chili water. Chili and chug water. We're going to do that. But they should have a chili beer. There you go. Water. There you go. Mm. I'm in if we could do that. No, but I really like this beer. It's it's very easy drinking. Um, the the aroma still sticks with you. You can tell yeah. it's a Kolsch. Yeah. Um, and, but it is very light. It's... Um, very smooth. It has some mouthfeel to it. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not light of mouthfeel. It's not Agreed. like you're drinking water, and uh, it has a wonderful flavor. I, I just 
can't say enough good stuff about this one. Yeah, as far as Kolsch's go, this is as close to a German Kolsch that I think I've had in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get Americanized versions of German-style beers a lot, right. of any type of beers a lot, that the flavor's not, you know, it's similar, but it's not quite. This is, to me, um, is, is spot on for a German-style Kolsch. Oh, I think so. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that I'm thinking, nah, they'll never hit it. You know, as I'm right. looking at the can, I'm like, oh, it's not going to taste the same. It, but, no, this is, like, really good. And I'm not going to use the word interesting <laughs> <You're not. laughs> while I'm tasting this. Because uh, we know what interesting from Doc means. Well, it, well I mean, what it, it could mean. What it could that. mean. It is. Or, or, yeah. It is interesting. But it's interesting in the fact that it's, like, exactly what I expected. Yeah, yeah. Um, Excellent job by Snake River. Yeah, yeah, cheers. Yeah, I think it's really good. And to your point, being able to drink this beer, have a good aroma, have a good flavor. It's visually really well done. And that, you know, and it's interesting. I'm learning more and more every time that we do this and that whole concept of the mouthfeel and what that really means when you're talking about a beer. And this really has it for me as a a non educated non-mature beer right. drinker it's like yeah you 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 finish you swallow but you still get that mouthfeel afterwards and mm-hmm. it's it's awesome it's a good thing and it makes you want to have another drink not like you know the light sessions that we tried you mm-hmm. know a couple months ago where it's like you just want to keep like, this is when you want to enjoy this is when it's like i'm going to enjoy the taste and enjoy the flavor and it's still session though yeah so yeah. i mean from a technical perspective you're right this is a beer you could sit and drink and, and do activities with, for sure. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that I was just walking around the liquor store and happened to see a cucumber sour, and then right next to it was this one, and I went, okay, that's good enough. I think, you, I think so, you made the right, the right choice. I made yes. the right choice, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Although there are some cucumber beers out there that I've tried before that are really good. Yeah. There's some that are really bad. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those that, yeah, it's, what was the electric pickle Sour. Yeah, that was that an is, interesting one. It was an interesting. <laughs> There's that word. It was interesting. But we're not going to use that for this beer because this beer is good. It is. It's crisp. Great it's taste. Clean. Yeah. It finishes clean. It's not yeah. um, hanging on to my palate. Yeah. It's not still in my mouth trying to decide what it wants to do. Um, this is a a good drinking it's beer. It's Straightforward. It's not confusing. Yeah. It's. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a great beer. It says culture on the can. Yeah. And, and it's, it's culture in, in the glass. glass. Yeah. yeah. And well, in the mouth, yeah. Yep. So we're going to leave all of you in suspense as we go to break, go to our <laughs> last break before the end of the show. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how we rank this beer, and we'll see whether or not everybody thinks this is Brew Talk approved. But we'll I think we might see. have a chance. We'll just have to see. So stick around. We'll be right back. Another song I just want to let play for everything, but you know, again, <laughs> it's such a great song, and it's it rush, is. And, yeah, I don't think they made a bad song. I don't think they did, and even the ones that were twenty-three minutes long were phenomenal. You exactly, I do appreciate for what they were. 
But enough about Rush. Let's talk about this beer. And I think we should just jump right into it. I think we should go ahead and grade this beer, rank this beer, score this beer, and see what we get. And then we'll talk about that on three. One, two, three. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> we, we have our first trifecta keg scoring for our beer. Can't get any better than that. There we go. I was, wait- I was waiting for the crowd applause. So, Does that mean this beer is quaffable? It's quaffable. It's quaffable. Very quaffable. Yes, it is brew talk approved to the nth degree. You cannot get more approved than it was right now. Doc, tell me. I'm, I mean, you kind of I mean, did before. but I kind of did as I was trying yeah. to review it where I'm trying to find faults or flaws in it, and I didn't see a single yeah, one. It's hard. This one is, uh, oh, my gosh, it is a really good beer. Um, it's light. Like I said, it's very drinkable or quaffable. Um <laughs> has enough mouthfeel that you feel like you're drinking something. Even though the alcohol is a little lower, you still feel like you're enjoying a really classy beer. And this is it. Absolutely. Chad? Yeah. And and I kind of like the low alcohol content because it's something I can... This was a beer that I, I could go skiing with. I could mm-hmm. play golf with. Mm-hmm. I could hang out at the lake with. It's wide range of activities I could do or just sit and day drink with and and have a good afternoon session. And not everybody may enjoy that cool smell. Right. Right. But if you can get past the aroma, if you're not a big fan of that, the beer itself is it's it's delightful on the tongue. Let's just say that. Yeah, very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. This is a good beer. Yeah, great job to Snake River. And I think what they were trying to accomplish, based on the three of our opinion, and I would rate mine as the least... You know, knowledgeable of the three, but the other two gentlemen in the but room. But you know what you like. I, I do. I know what I like, and we've talked about it. I'm a Hefeweizen guy, and this is not a Hefeweizen. No. But it is in that German family beers. It has a lot of characteristics that are reminiscent of a Hefeweizen. Yep. And that may be part of the reason why I like it, but even though it doesn't have the banana, it doesn't have the clove, it doesn't have that wheat beer taste, it was such a good beer that I'm like... I would put this in my keg, and I would have no problem tapping it and enjoying all of it, and I wouldn't regret it one iota. So, you know, it's a, it's a great way to, to try to describe this to people who aren't drinking it. I would say it's a Hefeweizen without the Hefeweizen flavor. It's a Hefeweizen without the banana and the clove and the yeast. I mean, yeah. it's you know that base beer is, that's yeah. underneath all of those flavors. You're right. This is it. No, you're absolutely right. That's a great descriptor. So... I'm I'm really surprised by it because again that that first smell that you get that Kolsch smell that is very distinctive can be off-putting mm-hmm. if you let it if you're yeah. willing to go right. oh I don't like that and we know that odor is such a big part of taste mm-hmm. but it that this o- doesn't this that doesn't odor hurt it. that odor though when you're drinking it is still there but it complements and enhances yeah. the flavor of the beer. Uh, for me, yeah, this is this is uh, the bee's knees. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I am, I am completely, completely thrilled with this, and yeah. I'm happy to have Fairly had this. Enjoying it, and introduced. I'm 
not only happy but shocked that it was a random selection. Yeah, yeah well done, Doc. I, so, I think it's one of those <laughs> lucky one of those draws. And, look at the draws. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if anybody next Tuesday afternoon sees any one of us in a liquor store in Greeley somewhere <laughs> with our eyes closed, spinning around, just <laughs> we're going to pick something and go with it, you'll know why. Because Doc hit it out of the park with his random selection today. So well done, Doc, and well done again to Snake River. So going back to our poll question, we're going to finish the show. Doc, who writes your autobiography? Uh, you know, this uh, Dylan Thomas, I think he would be a great person to write my autobiography. Um, other people that could write my autobiography, maybe George Carlin. Um, there you go. There you go, right? Um, I don't know. Um, it's a good question. I never even thought of until just now. Oh, Chad? Uh, see. I easy for me. I just want Stephen King to kind of <laughs> write the horror story of my life. The horror Even though, story of your life. Oh my gosh! My, my life isn't horrible by any means, and not a horror story. But I just think it'd be fun to kind of create my vanilla, very vanilla life into a horror story. Well, but I, and, but for the audio book, this is very important. I want oh, yeah. Stephen Fry to uh to do oh yeah it, so. and the audiobook for me is definitely read by morgan, morgan freeman free <laughs> see and i'm thinking and or, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with narrate first so go ahead or or james earl jones james earl jones oh, would be go. good in his darth vader voice no he's, no, no, he's retired normal, yeah he is retired voice yeah or his Mufasa voice or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just his regular voice. Just his regular voice. I think if I was going to have somebody narrate mine, it would be Idris Elba. There you go. Mm-hmm. I just He has such an iconic voice. Yeah. And one of my favorite non-Star Wars movies is Pacific Rim. And that little... That little speech he gives before they go out to fight, mm-hmm. um, you know, the kaiju there, and you know, we are canceling the apocalypse. I just, I get chills every time I see that. <laughs> but to write my biography, it's a toss-up between two individuals. It would either be Orson Scott Card or Timothy Zahn. I don't know either. Of well, they're, and I'm not surprised because they're science fiction writers, so that's where I kind of get into my thing. But Orson Scott Card did Ender's Game. Oh, sure. And oh, yeah. that was such an amazing book. And I remember reading that book and literally going, no, what the? And then going back two chapters and starting again to read and go, I didn't see that coming. And Timothy Zahn is just somebody that I've had the opportunity to meet on several occasions, but has kind of been identified as the person that literally resurrected Star Wars from a literary perspective in the late 80s hmm. and early 90s. So those we are mine. Ha- we have a couple responses oh, on our yeah. Facebook posts. Um, Charday says F. Scott Fitzgerald, definitely. Okay. That, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And then Daniel Yetter from Yetter's Brewing yep. um, says, he says, I have to say Ron Shelton purely because of Bull Durham. So. Uh, There's nothing wrong with either of those. Nothing wrong with either too. of those. And I love the fact that he's using a Bull Durham reference. There you go. When I was in college and I played ball and I wasn't playing, but I was catching bullpen, I would sign baseballs. Crash Davis, because I just thought he was the best. <laughs> and, and who's the guy that says, just a bit on the uh, outside? Bob Euchre. Bob, Bob, Euchre. Euchre. Bob Euchre. Vaughn tried the corner and missed. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, again, that movie you know, came out you know, in those in those early night, late 80s, early I 90s. I know. There's so, many, so good many good movies, movies in that time frame. Yeah, we started talking about Strange Brew at the beginning of the show mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So 
we've been all over the place with movies and beers and things like that. I'm going to have to think about this to who writes my auto. Who writes, who writes my biography? My autobiography is, of course, written by me. <laughs> Who's it going to be ghostwritten by? See, I'd like to Ooh. ghostwrite your autobiography. Ghostwrite somebody else's autobiography. Just make a bunch of stuff up. Yeah, just make cool. something up about myself. <laughs> buried at sea. Sure. Buried at sea at 27. <laughs> and then at 35 went on to... <laughs> right? Wait, what in the world are we talking about? <laughs> hey, but keep an eye out on our Facebook page every Tuesday for those poll questions. And yeah, we're getting those awesome questions, questions in there. They're fun to... They're fun to just kind of yeah. start the conversation with. And yeah. And we're, we're starting We're to asking a, the important hard-hitting oh, questions. Well, and nothing else is making you go, hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. And, you know, here's something that we should probably think about in the upcoming shows is that in a few weeks, it's going to be Valentine's Day. It is. So we're going to need to think about what is the perfect Valentine's Day beer. I already got it. It's, oh, it's, don't, 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 don't. It's in the it. plan. It's uh, getting ready to, it's actually in the brewing process as we go. Oh, so Doc has already thrown Doc's down the gauntlet. something in the works. Yeah, yeah. we have to because it takes a little spirit. while to make it. Oh, well, yeah, you, you do have to do that. <laughs> but I'm wondering if somebody's got something out there. Because that's beer and Valentine's Day do not necessarily always go together. You're thinking wine or champagne and chocolates. And so mm, you never know. Like, I don't know what that would be. I don't, I don't know. You want to give us one little hint, Doc? Just something small for us to kind of just tease us with. Think of cherry cordials. Ooh. Ooh. Which goes well with Valentine's Day. I believe. It does. It certainly does. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but it'll be interesting. But had a great show today. We got to talk about a lot of great things that are going on locally and in the beer scene and the beer industry. Make sure you check out our Facebook page. Interact with us on social media. And congratulations to Snake River Brewing for doing a great beer and everything else. On behalf of Chad, Doc, this is Scott. We're going to sign off from Brew Talk tonight, and we hope you enjoy your beer, stay safe, stay warm. Have a great evening, everybody.